Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Linux in the Ham Shack. You have tuned in to episode number... 261 of our program. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And we are doing our Weekender Edition, which means we're going to talk about some upcoming open source and Linux-related events, some amateur radio contests and special event stations, and some distributions you can try. And then we're going to move swiftly on into Hedonism, where we talk about wine and women and song and cool stuff oh and men too i guess <laughs> what what hey whatever so you guys don't see the weird looks i get whenever i say things <laughs> <laughs> need a video come on do, yeah, do, do i need to leave or <laughs> gonna talk about bromances <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah he has plenty of those oh yes but, i do i'm, yeah, I'm bromance to the max you are especially right. when you wear your hair up in a little bun yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> you will never find a picture of me with a man bun. No, I do have a picture of you in a braid, though. Yes. Because well, you're on your bike that day. Yep. So. Braids are kind of cool, though. So, Except 90% of the time you don't want them. So. <sighs> it's more yeah. effort than it's worth. No, it's really not. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, uh, let's get through some of this stuff. We want to talk about amateur radio and upcoming contests for the next week or two weeks, actually. So, uh, since Bill was kind enough to put some of these contests in here, we'll let him handle this week's contests. Sure. This week, uh, this weekend is pretty good. We got the ARRL 160 meter contest. It runs from 2200 Zulu on November 30th to 1600 Zulu on December 2nd. This is for amateurs worldwide to exchange information with, uh, um, uh, US and, uh, Canada stations on 160 meters CW. And it's DX to DX QSOs do not count for contest credit. Stations located in overseas and non-contiguous uh, U.S. territories may be worked by DX stations. This includes Alaska KL7 and the Caribbean U.S. possessions, KP1 through KP5, and all of the Pacific Ocean territories, uh, KH0 through KH9, including Hawaii, KH6. These stations can work both domestic stations, U.S. and VE, as well as DX stations around the world. Check your software before the contest and be sure it's uh, it will accept these QSOs. So as long as you're running a, an up-to-date uh, contesting uh, <laughs> solution, you should be fine. And, of course, you can find that over at the ARRL. The other contest of interest this weekend is the FT8 Roundup. So this is like the first official FT8 contest. It runs from 1800 Zulu on December 1st to 2359 Zulu on December 2nd. Uh, this is for amateurs worldwide to contact and exchange QSO information with uh, other amateurs using FT8 on 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10. Note the absence of 160 meters and also the absence of fork bands. 
any station may work any other station. Stations may uh, be worked uh, once per band. Participants may use uh, the WSJTX version 2.0, release candidate RC4 or later. And I just noticed that RC5 was released today, or actually, uh, as we're recording it, 1126. Uh, so you can go ahead and download that and run that uh, to ensure that they are able to transmit and receive exchange messages the event requires. See Rule 7 for more details. And this was uh, over on the Ritty Contesting website. So, yeah, you need to make sure you're running an RC4 later because they changed the protocol a bit. Uh, if you've been on FT8 and haven't been getting decodes lately, uh, you should probably upgrade your software because you're probably running RC3 uh, or before. <laughs> so uh, so get over to that site and uh, and update your WSJTX and get back on the uh, FT8 bandwagon. Yes, definitely do that. FT8 is a great mode for contesting because the QSOs are short anyway, so it should be just like operating normally when you're in a contest. Plus, you get to use the uh, FT8, what is it, multi-mode? What do they call the the thing where you can interact with multiple stations simultaneously? Uh, DX mode? Is that what or, it is? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it is either. I haven't launched it since like RC1. I'm kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a mode where you can actually hear multiple, hear and work multiple stations simultaneously, which is some what, something that other modes like you know, PSK31 and stuff. You can hear multiple stations, but you can't interact with them simultaneously like you can with FT8. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely check the rules to make sure that you can do that. So, right. Yes. Check rule seven or, or whatever rule is relevant. <laughs> All right. So next weekend we have the ARRL 10 meter contest and that's going to run from zero hundred or zero. What is that? Zero, 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 zero. How do you say that? Zero Zulu, <laughs> uh, December 8th <laughs> to 2400 Zulu, December 9th. Uh, I guess because they have to differentiate zero Zulu and 2400 Zulu. Um, for worldwide to exchange QSO information with as many stations as possible on the 10 meter band. That's because it's a 10-meter contest. Hey, imagine that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, it'll actually work. <laughs> yeah, hopefully <laughs> there will be some. Well, you know, we've talked about this before. As soon as you put a contest on a band, the band suddenly opens up and contacts can be made. So, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I heard it was pretty uh, pretty bad uh, this past uh, weekend for contesting. Uh, the CQ Worldwide CW contest was lacking uh, some serious 10-meters uh, identity. <laughs> Well, I've, I've actually heard almost nothing on 20 meters and usually 20 meters is a band you can go to any time of any, you know, any day and hear something. But even 20 meters has been relatively dead for me. So yeah, yeah. I've uh, actually got a, I got an obituary for 10 meters sent to me an email this morning from, uh, <laughs> from our, uh, our uh, contest club president. I'm calling it dead might be a little premature. I, I think it's on life support. Uh, okay. So also for contests next weekend, we have the international naval contest and that's AL, not EL. So you won't be contemplating your naval. Uh, this is from 1600 Zulu on December 8th to 1559 Zulu on December 9th. And this contest takes place every year on the second weekend of December. Uh, this year, NRA, the Nucleo de Radio Amadores de Armada Portugal has the honor of inviting amateurs from all over the world in general, and in particular, all members of International Naval Ham Radio Clubs to take part in the International Naval Contest 2018. Uh, rules and information will be linked to in the show notes. So check that out next weekend as well. So, moving on from contesting, we can talk about some special event stations. But I didn't clean these up at all. <laughs> all right. Do you these want are, to try and make something just... out of these, or Bill, do you want to handle them? 
Let Bill I, I can handle do it. Okay, Bill, yeah. you've been <laughs> okay. you've been told, Bill, handle it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Because because uh, you because you don't do any work. You just cut and paste. Enough of that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just the same way I code. You know, <laughs> cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste from Stack Overflow. There we go. Uh, now we have uh, we have uh, four special events here in the next couple of weeks that uh, we pointed out here. We have the Civil Air Patrol 77th anniversary. This is running from December 1st to December 2nd, 1500 Zulu to 2100 Zulu. Uh, they'll be running uh, W9CAP. This is the Illinois Wing Amateur Radio Club. Uh, they'll be on voice on uh, 40, 20, 17 meters, and 10 meters. Haha, ha, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be on 10 meters. Nobody may be able to hear them on 10 meters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they make a point that this is not an official Civil Air Patrol event. Uh, this is uh, primarily just the radio club out of the Illinois wing. Uh, so uh, so take that for what you want. Um, either way, uh, it, it, they'll be on, on, on the air as W9CAP. Uh, also, we have the Skywarn Recognition uh, uh, event coming up here. This is a uh, on December 1st through December 2nd, it's uh, 0 Zulu through 0600 Zulu. And uh, this will be multiple stations. The one here listed is uh, N0 Fox, but you'll be able to find all your National Weather Service offices on the air. And uh, generally, they're on HF as well as uh, all the uh, VHF, UHF, slash Echo Link, D-Star, and stuff like that. It's kind of an interesting event. You can collect uh, collect uh, weather station offices, and I believe what they generally want passed for traffic is uh, station location and current temperature. So uh, check that out. It's a pretty cool opportunity. If you uh, if you haven't participated on the radio, uh, do that. Otherwise, uh, uh, generally they have the the weather service offices open for uh, for visitors during that time as well. So uh, it's a good opportunity to go visit and find out what they actually do inside of a National Weather Service office. Uh, the following weekend, actually, I guess it's following weekend, December 8th, we have the uh, USS uh, Midway Museum Ship Special Event for the Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. That's on December 8th from 1700 Zulu to 2359 Zulu. And this will be out in uh, San Diego, California, uh, November India 6 India Whiskey. be operating from the Midway ship, the USS Midway CV-41. And they'll be on uh, 20 meters, 40 meters uh, voice. And as well, 20 meter PSK 31 for digital. Uh, they'll also be on D Star on Reflector 001 Charlie. And you can QSL with them uh, directly. Uh, also, we have the USS Arizona will be online for the Pearl Harbor Day as well on December 8th from 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu. And they'll be operating as Kilo 7 Tango. Uh, this is brought to you by the Tucson, Arizona, Oro Valley ARC. They'll be on CW on 40 and 20, PSK on 40 and 20, uh, also FT8 on 40 and 20, and uh, looks like 17 meters. And they'll have a voice uh, station there as well on 40 and 20. And they'll be offering a certificate uh, with an email request for the certificate. So uh, check that out if uh, you're interested in those events. All right, very cool. Lots of stuff to do in the next couple of weeks if you want to check out special event stations. A lot of one-by-one calls in there. So... um Always good to get the QSL cards from those special events. Some of them tend to be really interesting. So, uh, and plus you'll make the people operating those special events happy because they're being contacted, especially if you can get through on 40 meters or 20 or even 10. Yeah. Any band whatsoever. <laughs> right. 
All right. So moving on, uh, for announcements, I'll just make a quick announcement like I did on the last episode that if you are able to switch your donations from the PayPal subscription method to Patreon, we would like to encourage you to do that. If you are not currently a paid subscriber of the program, we would love to encourage you to do that as well. Um, the minimum subscription level through Patreon is $2 per month. Um, we try to make this as affordable as possible. And as soon as we uh, crest $50 a month in Patreon uh, support, we are going to do a giveaway of some kind. And it will be a decent one, too. And we'll announce all the details about that as soon as we get there. So if you can help us out financially, great. Uh, if not, please continue to download and listen to the program and uh, like us on the various social media networks and, uh, you know, connect with us anywhere you can connect with us on YouTube and Discord, uh, especially Discord. We want to grow that community as much as we can and uh, just be a part of the program, whether it's uh, financial support or just uh, supporting by being a part of the show and talking with us and, and being a part of our community. We appreciate everybody for that. All right, Bill, you actually threw in our ham radio challenge. I didn't have to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. So my ham radio challenge is for you to work the 10 meter contest. Ha 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 ha. And, <laughs> and share your score with us. So send us your score summary to show us you, you at least tried. <laughs> so what if your score is zero? Uh, well, you do these tried. <laughs> That's true. You, you issued a real challenge. You want, you want this, you want people to work for this. Yeah. 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 You didn't, you didn't say do it on like 20 meters or 40 meters where you're likely to get at least one contact. You yeah. Know, you, you choose 10 meters where, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when 10 meters was open, you could put almost anything out. <laughs> and you could That's work true. <laughs> so, uh, but, but it's kind of like that on every band, right? I mean, when the band's open, it's open. Yeah. Yeah. So cross your fingers. <laughs> uh, I might have to tune in and just see if I hear anything on 10 meters. So. All right. And also, we have some other stuff to talk about. We're going to move away from amateur radio and general announcements into the open source world. And we're going to talk about the distribution we have mentioned once or twice before, but we don't talk about it much because it's not Linux. It's not BSD. It's not really anything, but it's out there. And when I first heard about this distribution, it kind of fizzled and never went anywhere, but now it's experiencing kind of a rebirth. So since you put this in here, Bill, I'll let you fill us in. Yeah. And, and do you get, do you want me to read the, uh, the haiku, the thing, the poem? <laughs> you can, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> or, or actually, we could have Cheryl read it. Cheryl has got a computer that's locked up. Right uh, excuse me. No, I'm not excuses. joking. No, <laughs> no yeah. it is, it is completely locked up. It just would have been fun to, to have you read Bill's haiku. <laughs> I see. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we're going to talk, well, Bill's going to talk about haiku, but I'll read his haiku about haiku. <laughs> and that is, let's see if I can put in like some proper gravitas here. <laughs> I have an OS for you to try in a VM for shits and giggles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, with proper sil uh, sil syllabilization. Syllables. <laughs> Syllables, yeah. <laughs> and, and everything. Anyway, tell us about Haiku. Yeah, Haiku is an open source operating system uh, currently in development that specifically targets personal computing. Inspired by the B uh, operating system, BOS, for uh, you guys that remember that, uh, Haiku aims to be become a fast, efficient, simple to use, easy to learn, and yet very powerful system for computer users at all levels. 
The key highlights that distinguish Haiku from other operating systems include a specific focus on personal computing, custom kernel design for responsiveness, fully threaded design for great efficiency with multiprocessor core CPUs, a rich object-oriented API for faster development, a database-like file system, BFS, with support with support for indexed metadata, and a unified uh, cohesive interface. And, of course, this comes from the Haiku uh, website, and uh, it was featured in uh, this week's uh, DistroWatch uh, weekly newsletter. So that's why I, I included it this time. All right. It's interesting. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised this is still a project with some momentum um, in the face of much larger distributions out there. But I know there are some rabid fanatics when it comes to the OS2 slash BOS slash Haiku world. So, you know, with that kind of uh, interest, it's, it's probably never going to die completely. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a niche system, and uh, it has its own set of followers and stuff like that. I remember installing BOS years and years and years ago um, and thought it was really cool back then. I really liked the, uh, the yellow ye- yellow coloring of the bars and stuff like that. It was, it was just kind of neat. It's kind of like mock for the next. It's like whenever something is done correctly, no one wants it. <laughs> uh so anyway, um, yeah, I think the biggest uh, complaints that I've, I've heard from it are basically just the browser support. They have their own built-in browser, uh, which I guess does work fairly well, um, but does fall short of uh, you know Chrome and Firefox and stuff like that. So, and I do not believe Chrome and Firefox are available on that platform. So, uh, buyer beware. That's why I said try it in a VM. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So, if you have a, a weird craving to try something that's going to be essentially useless to you. Um, <laughs> fire up Haiku in a VM and see what it's like. All right, so moving on from that, we're going to talk about some events coming up this week and next week. And for this week, we have Data SciCon Tech. We mentioned this in our last weekender, but we'll mention it again since it's not here just yet. This is going to be in Atlanta, Georgia of the USA. It's going to be November 28th through the 30th. And what this is is a three-day conference which is a combination of workshops and sessions where industry experts and community members will present fundamentals and the latest in the worlds of data science. If you're into R, Python, machine learning, large data sets, and more, then this conference is the conference for you. (laughs) So check that out. Of course, a link to all the information about data psychon tech will be in the show notes. And that's coming up real soon now. Actually, when you hear this, it will already be running. So. You should already be there. All right. Uh, let's see. Cheryl is still trying to get reconnected, I think. No? Can't get on? Well, I, I see I see your uh, your recipe showed up. I'm doing it through my phone right now, which is a Okay. Well, that's fine. Butt. You're, you're going to be doing that part. We'll get through the rest of it. All right. So let me do the first one of the next week events. Then Bill can do the, the next couple of bits of information, and then we'll get to the recipe and the good stuff and all that. So next week, we have WordCamp US 2018. Uh, there is another WordCamp that's happening somewhere else in the world. Uh, you'll be able to find out information about that. It might be Toronto, something like that. Anyway, this is the US version. Uh, it's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee from December 7th through the 9th. Uh, and WordCamp US is its second year in the Music City. And they say, we hope you'll join us for another year of fun, friendship, and WordPress. Tickets for WordCamp are just 40 bucks, and they include two days of sessions, an after party, 
contributor day, lunch and snacks on all days, and exclusive swag. There you go. Three days of WordPress. Check it out in Nashville. (laughs) So like in between you're like browsing down lower Broadway and checking out all the bars and hockey tonks, uh, go to a conference. Absolutely. Uh, All right. So next, (laughs) next we have KubeCon and cloud native con, and this is, uh, over in Seattle, Washington. So up up close to me, sort of in theory, uh, it's December 10th through the 13th. And, uh, it is a, a cloud native computing foundations, flagship conference, that gathers adopters and technologists from leading open source and cloud native communities in Seattle, Washington, uh, blah, 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 from December 10th through the 13th. Join Kubernetes, Prometheus, Open Tracing, FluentD, GRPC, ContainerD, RKT, KCNI, Envoy, Jagger, Notary, TUF, Vitesse, CoreDNS, Nats, Linkerd, and Helm as the community gathers for four days to further the education enhancement of cloud native computing over on the KubeCon website. And we have a uh, LHS open source challenge for this uh, this uh, weekender. And I also did this one. Uh, create a GitHub account if you don't already have one. And if you have one, create a repo of something to share, like an antenna design, a layout of your shack desk, you know, maybe, uh, you know, blueprints of uh, how to build your desk, uh, scripts, anything. Uh, and send us a link and we'll feature it on the show. So uh, GitHub can be used for just about anything. Doesn't have to be software. Can be can be anything. And uh, we just want to kind of see what uh, what you all can create with it. And hey, it's it's free. So go ahead and do it. Yes, do that. And I guess with all of these challenges, I think we've mentioned in the past that we like to hear if anybody participates in these challenges or does something like if there's a contest or if it's write a script. You know. It's, it's all well and good if you actually take the challenge and do the thing that we suggest, but it would be great to hear about it. We'd love to hear some feedback, whether it's about this or any of the ones we've done in the past. So if you made that great, you know, voice satellite contact on AO51 or whatever it was that we suggested, um, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. So with that, we are going to move into the good stuff. We're going to talk about hedonism. And I know what you're going to have to go ahead and tell me. We're not going on without you. I thought you had it on your phone. I no, I'm I'm stuck at a point right now. <laughs> what, do <you> mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're stuck at a point right now? Because I have to I have to investigate something that I I don't my computer is giving me fits, so Can you not just read the recipe and then do whatever you're doing? Well, no, because there's a part in the recipe that I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, then, then so why would I, I read would... the recipe? Because I don't know what no, it means either. No, 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 no. I'm saying go on. Oh, do something. The do something else, and then come back to the recipe. Well, Is that whatever? Reason? Yeah. Okay. Well, we we can't have an episode without a recipe. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, actually, we can. <laughs> well, no, uh, actually, we can't. Yeah, no, we actually can. <laughs> no, I, I think the I think there would be a mutiny. I think it would be chaos, anarchy. Well, maybe you guys need that again. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Whatever. We're not. We're, we're. I'll just read it the way it is, whether you understand it or not. No, 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 no. You can't because there's an ingredient there that I can't find. Okay, I'm looking at the recipe right now. Yeah, you. And there's gonna be an ingredient there that you're like, uh, what is that? Frozen mixed vegetables. No. Don't even <laughs> think so. Okay, I don't. Unless I'm missing something completely, I don't see a rest. I don't see a, an ingredient. There a garlic I, and herb sauce mix. Yeah. So make your own. Sounds like something you could buy in a McCormick yeah. pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, okay. So, well, you don't. You don't have to figure that out. Just say 
a package of garlic and herb sauce mix. Let them figure it out. <laughs> you know? Whatever. Well, if they want to make the recipe, they're going to have to figure it out, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll do my drink corner first. We'll get to Bill's um, whatever corner, and then we'll come back around to the recipe as soon as you figure out what that ingredient right. is. Okay. All right. All right, cool. So in that case, uh, I will do my drink corner for this week, and this time I'm going to be talking about the Knob Creek Single Barrel Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And anytime I talk to anyone about whiskey, I always mention, whether it's asked or not, that I hate Knob Creek. And I was on a mission to find a different Knob Creek to see if I could find one that I actually liked. So what I picked up was this, the Single Barrel Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, the reason I picked this up, and pretty much the only reason, is that it's bottled at 120 proof. Um, I figured that since it's so strong, I could probably work with it a little bit to make it drinkable. And the fact of the matter is, you definitely have to work with this to make it drinkable. If you can drink this straight out of the bottle, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and it needs a lot of work. So... so. But anyway, um, I'm sure I've already pissed off many people, but that's okay. Everybody's taste profiles are subjective. Uh, what, what Knob Creek says about this particular bourbon is when Booker No created Knob Creek, he revived full flavored pre prohibition style bourbon. Each bottle stands as a hard earned piece of bourbon history and each barrel is a story all its own, uniquely influenced by nature, time and its individual journey. That's why Knob Creek single barrel reserve remains its purest expression of old style flavor. Each bottle remains unblended, highlighting the singular characteristics of our finest hand-selected barrels. And I kind of gathered from their program that what they do is they, they take a barrel and they get uh, a company or a distributor or a, a shop or something like that to actually buy the barrel. And what they will do is they'll, they'll bottle that barrel in fifths. And they'll label it with the distributor or the store name or whatever, and it will only be sold in that particular location. So if you buy a bottle of this somewhere else, your batch is likely to be either slightly or considerably different than the bottle that I have in my hand. Interesting. <clears throat> so I can only tell you about the bottle that I've got. And it actually has a special label on it that says... Barrel number 7759, hand-selected by Westport, Kansas City, single barrel. So where'd you get that up? Um, Did you buy that at Lucas or at Total Wine? No, I bought, this, I bought this in Tulsa. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've read you got it in Kansas City. Well, that's the thing. I'm pretty didn't. sure I didn't. Right. I <laughs> so, didn't know. So. But anyway, that's apparently where this barrel came from. So... So presumably, if you have a batch from this same barrel, it's going to taste similar. But if you get a different barrel, it could taste completely different. So um, this this is a bourbon. It does come out of Claremont, Kentucky. Uh, the color on it is a it's a dark color. Um, I've seen it described in several places as uh, amber and henna, which is exactly what it looks like. If you if you know what henna looks like, you you know that sort of uh, reddish. It's sort of burnished bronze orangey color that that is henna um the the nose on it we've we've had some discussion here about the nose um yes, I have last <laughs> night um 
when I when I popped the bottle open, the first thing that I smelled, and it was a hundred percent identifiable. See, one thing I will say about this bourbon is the flavors, the scents that you get out of it are not subtle. They're not like, oh, you have to think: is it mango? Is it pear? Is it apple? Is it whatever? It's like no, whatever flavor you it get, you. you know what flavor right. it is. So I will say that. But the first flavor that hit me was horseradish. And I mean, straight up horseradish. Now, Cheryl didn't, no, didn't get this. not horseradish at all. <laughs> so, But it's exactly what it smelled like to me. Like, if you go to a store and you get one of those little, um, you know, four-ounce bottles of horseradish with the little lid that pops when you open it and stick your nose in it, that's exactly what it smelled like. Nope. Straight up horseradish. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Okay, well, that's fine. Nope. That's why this is all subjective. Yes, for sure. Now, the, today when I poured it, it did not. It still smelled like horseradish, but not nearly as intensely as it did the first time. So, okay, and you're screaming about it still smell like horseradish last. No, it time. still does. <laughs> it still does, just not as not as much. So, so what I will say about this is that it requires work. You actually have to work to drink this whiskey. You can't just <laughs> pour it in a glass and drink it. It doesn't work that way. Even Cheryl would say that even if she didn't taste horseradish, she will admit that you can't just pour this into a glass and drink. Oh, it. yeah. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. There is no way. <laughs> so what I did, what I do with this is I let it sit in a glass, um, in my case, a Glencairn, for about 45 minutes before I even approach it. And then I will put in about three to five drops of water per ounce of your pour. And if you don't do this, you're going to hate this. But if you do do this, you might like it. Yeah, it will, it will open up and it actually gives you some very definitive flavors. And the flavors that I get out of it are vanilla, oak, light cherry, like a light sour cherry. And if you let it linger in the glass long enough, you will actually get cocoa, like dry cocoa. So that is actually kind of interesting. And if you, if you leave it long enough and are willing to play with it some, you actually get some decent flavor out of it. Now, I wish there were sour cherry and cocoa in the taste, but that doesn't come through. That's only when you smell it. When you taste it, I still get a little bit of that lingering horseradishy taste to it. I get hazelnut, very distinctly hazelnut, not any other kind of nut, but hazelnut, uh, charred oak and caramel. And as the, as the taste fades and it takes a long time to fade, it's usually on your tongue for at least a minute or two after you've had a sip. Um, you get the charred oak and vanilla. And then when you taste it again, you go back around to the hazelnut and caramel and all that. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It takes a lot of care and feeding to make it a drinkable bourbon. But if you're willing to put some time into it, it, it does make for a good zipper. If you've got some time, <laughs> um it does require water it does require time uh the bottle costs i think right about 40 dollars, maybe 40 42 i think i got it on sale when i bought it actually i think i bought this did i buy it in kansas city i don't i don't remember where the hell i bought it well since it says kansas city on the label did you buy it last weekend or the weekend before i might have bought it at mcadoodles how long have you had it not long <laughs> Well, we have been in Kansas City and Tulsa in the last three weeks. In Joplin. You, uh, I don't think you bought that, Joplin. I think I might have. I don't remember. Maybe Honestly, it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> we stopped so, in Joplin on the way home from Tulsa. So Yeah. So 
to to wrap this all up anyway i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it bonus points for being really really interesting and i'm gonna give it bonus points for being a knob crank that i don't hate <laughs> um but so barely but yeah. yeah but barely so i'm gonna give it a rating when 85 so there you go so you're saying the knob creek i have you hate I yes, that's the standard knob creek. Yes, I hate that stuff. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about but, that. But, but he really, I've only been mixing it with Coke, so I don't know. Well, see, I mean, if you mix yeah, it if with you Coke, it that's with fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, but drinking it straight, no, never. never, the, never. This stuff is 120 proof. Last night, Russ bought a new. Well, his Shelby. is 100. The standard oh, right, stuff is 100. Right. Yeah, so. but yeah. this is 120. Last night, Russ put we we went to IKEA over the weekend. Got some shelving to put the 60 bottles of scotch that Russ has on it. Yeah. And I was like shuffling stuff around on the shelf trying to to get everything kind of lined up by scotch versus bourbon versus whatever. And um, I said something about the Knob Creek and he's like, well, you should try that because to me, when I pop open the lid on it, it smells like horseradish. And I was like, you can't, and he can't. He cannot smell squat. And I was like, "How in the world do you pick up horseradish?" Well, they, I, I can smell the horseradish. So I opened it up. I was like, "I smell." No People who don't have a nose can smell horseradish. Yeah, I did not smell horseradish <laughs> last night at all. And you're like, "You don't smell wasabi or anything?" I was like, "No, no, I don't." So I, yeah, and I never did pick up on any horseradishy smell with it. Um, the first sip that I took with not letting it. You know, breathe at all, no water, anything straight out of the bottle. I picked up a a mango type uh, tropical fruity taste. I I don't know that it was specifically mango because I'm not a big fan of mango, but it that it was something along the mango line. Um, and then as it as it went a little further, I was picking up other stuff like banana. And things like that as I let it let it have a little time to breathe. Um, but yeah, I never did pick up the horse strategy that he swears or declares it's there. So Yeah. I, I assure you I can smell things just fine. We had a discussion about that last night too. So yeah, all right. Whatever. Your mileage may vary. That's right. <laughs> that's the case with any of these reviews, your mileage is definitely, yeah, going, definitely to vary. going to vary, yeah. Did I mention the mash bill when I was talking about the description? I don't think, I think you, you did. bypassed that. I think I did. Yeah. So the mash bill on this, I always like to provide the mash bill if it's known, and they do actually publish the mash bill for this. It's 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. So you will get a little bit of rye spiciness in it, but not much. It's mostly corn, so it's going to be overall fairly sweet. Um, but, yeah. So take it for what it's worth. And now I think since we, Bill actually dug up what you were missing, you can go back well, to. Well, no, no, I, I found that. I was just looking to see if I could find a recipe to make it. And oh. I, I found a couple and I was like, yeah, forget it. We'll just use the package stuff. Yeah. So, well, of course. Well, we're yeah. Trying to make things yeah. easy anyway. Well, yeah, so let's so. jump back to Cheryl's recipe corner. And the recipe this week is chicken pot pie soup because, uh, in Missouri, Saturday was 65 degrees. Yesterday was 15 degrees in a blizzard. So, you know, <laughs> we, we have to do things like that, you know. And my favorite thing is comfort food when it's cold outside, soups, chilies, things like that. So today I picked chicken pot pie soup. It involves some butter and some onion, some chicken broth, some milk, a garlic and herb sauce mix, which Bill was kind enough 
you dig up that Nor makes a pasta sauce, garlic herb, that is probably, I, I got this recipe from Pillsbury. So this is probably what they're referring to. Is Nor made by Pillsbury? I believe it is. Well, there you go. Yeah. Some pepper, uh, some diced frozen hash browns, not the shredded ones, but the ones that are actually like, uh, what are those called? Home fries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a hash brown person either. Um, some frozen mixed vegetables and some deli rotisserie chicken. Uh, and you, uh, melt your butter and cook your onion in it. Uh, then mix your broth, your milk, your sauce mix and pepper and whisk that till smooth. Uh, stir in the potato and then, um, cook that until the potatoes are tender. Stir in your frozen veggies and chicken. Cook 10 to 15 minutes until thickened and heated through and poof, you have soup. Um, you can take some canned biscuits and cut them up and use them to make like a chicken and dumplings type mixture. Uh, if you have leftover cooked turkey, use that. Um, you, if you don't have biscuits, you can use, you know, pie crust and cut it up into little pieces and bake them, you know, baked top, you know, bake them and then put them on the soup. Um, you can change up the vegetables if you want. You know, corn, green beans, carrots, whatever you want. So, you know, this is a very versatile soup. Um, so have fun with it. And uh, maybe one of these days I can get Russ to try it. He well, likes pot pies. As soon as you so. make it. You like pot pies. So. I love pot pies. Yeah. yeah. Pot pies are they're great. All right. Cool. So try that. The uh, pot pie soup. <laughs> have it with some pot pie. It's like an all pot pie dinner. There you go. <laughs> be a- pot pie with a side pot- of yeah, pot there pie you soup. Go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on from the recipe corner over to what Bill's got going on in the world of alcohol this week. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. It's an oh, IPA. Oh, How about that? I cannot believe <laughs> yeah, you are drinking I, I, an IPA. Yeah, Bill never drinks IPAs. This is I amazing. Yeah, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone <laughs> this week and uh, uh, trying a, uh, a, a tumbleweed IPA from the Lewis and Clark Brewing Company. It has an ABV of 7.7% and IBU of 68. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty decent tasting beer. Um, probably drinking, I don't know, four of these today. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get the palate right, just right. right yeah, you know? yeah. I, have to, I have to make sure that it's, it's good enough to put on here. Uh, this is uh, from their website. It's a two-time gold medal winner at the Great American Beer Festival in 2001 and 2014. This is Montana's most award-winning IPA. It's amber color and incredible hoppy aroma. Plenty of Cascade and Centennial, Centennial hops, along with a strong, strong malt backbone using Montana grown and malted barley work together to create an incredibly well-balanced IPA. While it's not my favorite IPA in Montana, it's still a pretty decent one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It, uh, on their can, it uh, you know has a nice picture of the Lewis and Clark logo that you see all over the place. And, uh, it only comes in cans because they believe in, you know, recycling. And of course, in Montana, glass recycling is really hard to come by. So, uh, I always try to get beer in, in cans because the, the cans are recyclable. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If you can uh, find it, it's a, it's a pretty good IPA. I can't believe you're drinking something with an IBU of less than 200. That, that's why you don't <laughs> like it that much. 
Yeah, not quite uh, bitter enough. Right. right. <laughs> you have, you have so burned your taste buds out that you can't taste anything unless it's got a super high IBU. That's why you like all the IPAs. <laughs> we get- I like other beers too. It's just that uh, I like I just like the smell of the IPA. That's really that's really it. We so uh, need to get Bill here. There are so many good beers and stuff here. Oh, you'd love White River. White River has some. I mean, it, because. They're they're into hoppy beers as well, and they do have uh, several brews that have uh, really distinct uh, hop mixes. Um, mm-hmm. Even their stouts have like an IBU of like forty. Oh, nice! So you would probably really like White River. So well, and they had the winners growing from mothers. Right? So, yeah, they're they're not as big into the, uh, the IPAs. Hoppy, right? Yeah. yeah. So all right. Well, with that, Love me some hops. Yeah. You can just eat straight hops, right? You don't need the beer. Just yeah, I actually grow hops here at the house. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that is the end of this edition of the Weekender. So, thanks everybody for tuning in. We want to check the chat room and recognize everybody who was here with us tonight. We had Jeremy Casey Zero NUK, Steve Katie Zero IJP, Ted WA Zero EIR, and Robert hits who i guess we don't have a call sign for maybe because he doesn't have one yet i don't know hopefully he's working towards that goal um but anyway thanks for joining us in the chat room and for everyone else who wasn't here live thank you for downloading the episode and listening to us and we hope you have a great couple of weeks and we'll check in with you again when we record episode number 262 so uh we'll get on out of here and let you go about your rest of your lives for a little while oh and robert says his call sign is w1rcp there we go there excellent go. yeah so he doesn't need the bill russ you know uh <laughs> committee to cheer him through to get the license no nope, he's already an extra so <laughs> all right <laughs> yep. all right very cool and i'm going to try and remember that as we go forward there you so. Go. So. all right excellent we'll catch you all next time around i'm russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out.
Linux in the Ham Shack in the Linux in the Ham Shack logo are released under a Creative Commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license.